Hey, and welcome to Force of Light Entertainment. I'm your host, Michelle, and with me, as always, is my co-host, my sister, Natalie. Hello, everyone, and may the Force be with us. Yes, we are so glad that you are tuning in to this episode of Force of Light Entertainment, and I am thrilled for us to finally going back to a galaxy far, far away for the next couple episodes. So today... Today, we are going to be discussing the first three episodes, or as they call them, chapters, of the hit show, The Mandalorian. And I would like to say I feel bad for you know our, our European listeners out there, because I, I was checking, I was thinking, have they finally got Disney Plus in Europe yet? And I just looked, and it was like, no, it doesn't come till the end of March. So I, I'm very sorry, I'm sure, because I know, especially the UK and, and different places in Europe, uh, there are some really massive Star Wars fans. And I mean, I've already seen Baby Yoda's, you know, drawn on, you know, uh, bridges and things in Europe. So we know. Very cool. I think you guys are, are pirating the show and I don't blame you because Disney has taken so long to get it to you. And I don't exactly know what the, the holdup is there. But so it'll be really awesome next or in October because you know it was just announced by Bob, Bob Iger, the CEO of Disney. He announced that the the Mandalorian season two will be coming back this October, which was nice because I thought maybe it'd come back in November, like when this one came out. So I was glad to know we're going to get it, you know, a month earlier. I was happy with that, and I'm pretty sure it's official that they've already signed off on season three, which nice. I which yeah. I like because you and I have talked about this. You know, one of the things, like, we're big Stranger Th- Stranger Things fans. Oh, yeah. And it, we love it, but it gets so annoying with, it gets so annoying with Netflix. Like, I mean, we still don't know a date for Stranger Things season four. Yeah. And season three was finished, you know, came out July 4th. Yeah, shows that tend to be, sometimes it's like they're almost just a little over a year apart, like, from seasons. And then sometimes it's like a year and a half and you still don't know when when it's going to be released it gets kind of frustrating yeah and, and netflix seems to be the king of that like not telling us when things are coming for quite a while so i was really happy to know that you know just about a month after the mandalorian finished that they told us it's coming the next season comes in october and like i said i can't 100 percent, but it's about a 99.9 percent. i want to say that they have confirmed that there will be a season three, which is awesome because the show's great. And like I said, I, I'm sure most of our European listeners, I bet you've already watched it, which again, I don't blame you. I would have too found a way to watch it somehow. But if not, you know, at this point, I feel like everything is spoiled. But if you haven't been spoiled somehow, you know, if you're in Europe, you may want to come back and listen when you guys get it in about a month. But, you know, next time in October, we'll all have it. So we'll all be able to discuss each episode and that will be awesome. So that so we will again be discussing the first three episodes of The Mandalorian. And I also want to give a shout out quick. You know, I just thought of it. I want to give a shout out to Candace Goff, who stopped Natalie and I at our cousin's basketball game last night. And she told us that she's been listening. So, Candace, we appreciate you. And we as we appreciate all of our listeners out yes, there. Yes, we do. Hello, Candace. <laughs> so without further ado. And Dwayne. Yes, there we go. <laughs> so without further ado, Natalie and I and all of you. Let's go to a galaxy far, far away. So join the conversation and let's talk some Mandalorian. 
Okay. So for The Mandalorian, uh, you know, I remember when it was announced that Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni were going to be working on the show called The Mandalorian. And I was initially just so excited about that, especially, you know, Jon Favreau, you know, I, I know he's a big Star Wars fan, and he actually voices a character in Clone Wars, the the animated show that Dave Filoni worked on with George Lucas. So I was very thrilled with those two, especially that, that Dave Filoni was going to be helping him, because uh, Natalie, I don't know if you really know, Dave Filoni is kind of like George Lucas' surrogate son. I did that not know. He, you know, just poured into him and taught him everything he knew about Star Wars, and they worked together on the Clone Wars, the animated show. It's kind of like a mentor to him. He, oh, totally was his mentor. So when they announced that Dave Filoni was attached to this with John Favreau, I just figured this is going to be good because both of them are huge Star Wars fans. And, I mean, no one really knows Star Wars outside of George Lucas probably better than Dave Filoni. So I was so excited about that and just excited in general to see, you know, what was a Star Wars show going to look like. Yeah. And, you know, with Disney Plus being new, and I knew they had about a $100 million budget for a a seven-episode show, so there was going to be a lot of money spent. So I was excited. And, uh, you know, when they showed the first trailer... That's when I was like, okay, yes, this is, it looks really good. This is going to be good. So I was very excited going into it. Natalie, what about you? I didn't even watch the trailer. I just, Michelle, um, I was like, so you're going to watch the show, right? (laughs) Right. So I think, I don't know if you'd watch the first, just the first episode. And you told me you're like, you've got to watch the show. But I think you were a couple episodes in and then you're like, come on, you got to get up and give it a try. So I started watching and kind of got really into it pretty quickly. Yes. So I, we both, well, I mean, I was extremely excited from the very beginning. I do remember, I think, yeah, maybe if you started watching right after episode two came out. I think so. Because episode two only came out two days after the first episode. Oh, okay. Or no, three days. It came out, the first episode was November 12th, Tuesday, November 12th. And then the next episode, this, this is how much I'm into it. I remember the days very <laughs> distinctively. Um, the next episode came out that Friday. So yes, we were both excited and but but really outside of the character being a Mandalorian, I knew the only thing I knew about it was the main character was this man was this Mandalorian played by Pedro Pascal, and that he was going to I guess find a child and would kind of protect it. That's all I knew about it. That, that was it. So going into the show, as I said on my and if you haven't listened to which they just announced the DVD release date of The Rise of Skywalker. If you haven't listened to our discussion on that, you may want to check that out after this. But, you know, as I said in that one, I you know, I kind of sometimes, because I don't know, oh, where's this going? When I first watched something Star Wars, because if I'm, you know, being honest and open, Star Wars is by far out of the genres, like, that's my thing. Like DC, com- like comics are like a distant second, like a distant second. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Star Wars is my thing. So I'm always excited, a little nervous when I first watch it. And, you know, because like I said, this is kind of new territory for Star Wars, live action TV. So, you know, we get into, and we'll get into the episode now. So the first, and I like, I like that they went with the, the Stranger Things, kind of, you know how Stranger Things is chapter? I like yes. the chapter. Yeah, I, I like that too. I like that. For whatever reason, I just like it. But chapter one, The Mandalorian, and it was directed by Dave Filoni. So I was yet again interested again because Dave Filoni hasn't done 
uh, live action. So as I, you know, I've loved both Clone Wars and Rebels that he did. So I, I was excited to see truly his hands fully on a live action Star Wars. So, you know, it starts out and it, it pretty much just dives right into the world. And it starts out with a bang. It does. Yeah, you see him with that uh, that kind of fob that's blinking and he's tracking a bounty and, you know, goes into the bar and, you know, very soon gets into a fight. And, you know, they kind of let you know that this guy's a no-mess-around guy. Like, a guy shoots at him and he, you know, shoots at the door and literally cuts the guy in half with the door. <laughs> so my first thoughts on this guy were, okay, this is a no-nonsense kind of guy. You do not want to mess with him. No, you don't want to mess with him. Lest you be cut in half. Yes. And, and we find, because <laughs> we'll call that back when we, in a, uh, let's see, yes, our next episode on The Mandalorian, we'll get into episode six. The, he does the door again. He, he, he smashes yeah. a guy in the door Got in chapter six. Got a thing with doors. <laughs> yes. So... Then, you know, he gets his bounty. And that's why I was telling Natalie just before this, the I only have one. It's not really even a, a critique. Well, I guess it would be a critique. It's not really like a negative. The only thing, and this is just me being a nitpicking Star Wars fan. The only thing that kind of bothered me in this first episode is the guy that he collects the bounty on, the blue guy. Because I was telling Natalie, the second I saw him, I was like, oh, that, that kind of looks like Star Trek. Like, that's not a Star Wars looking guy. And I've never been a Trekkie, yeah, as I, I'm not. I mean, bless all the Trekkies out there, but yes. I'm not one either. I, but I'm just saying, I'm not even familiar with it. I haven't watched it. Um, but, yeah, he, he's funky looking for sure. Kind of almost fish-like. Yeah, he is kind of fish-like. It's just Star Trek. If you've seen, it's kind of that, like, it's that look. But I think his character from that kind of heavy opening scene or kind of very uh, action-packed, he he brings a little comedy. He He's does. kind of squeamish, a little shyster. Like. Yeah, I was able, like I said, that's just my little Star Wars nitpick. I worked right past it. And, you know, they, they very quickly establish, you know, they do like, it's almost like a kind of, they get like a, a taxi to his, his uh, ship. And, you know, they establish right off the bat, the bat, uh, no droids. Right. So we don't know why, but he has a thing against droids for some reason. And He's got it, a little discrimination he there. He does. He, he definitely is discriminating against droids. And I'll say, you know, when they get to the, finally get to the ship uh, and the, the, the taxi that took them leaves, I just started to feel, because I've watched Dave Filoni enough, I was like, something's going to eat that guy. And then just boom, like out of nowhere. And I will say, I think that creature was very Star Wars. Oh, totally, so? totally Star Wars. The only thing that wasn't Star Wars to me was the look at the blue guy. Right. And then, like you said, he actually was humorous. And he actually doesn't bother me at this point. Just his look kind of bothered He was. Me a I bit. will say I, I was laughing slash slightly grossed out when he starts the, <laughs> I need to go to the bathroom <laughs> And starts talking about, oh, I'm about to, you know, however he words yeah. it, that he needs to shed. It, it was You've pretty gross. When he names his, like, his, his species. species. And I was just like, ooh. It was a little, it was a little disgusting. Kind of like, I've been backed up. It's, uh, it, it was gross. It's going to be gross. <laughs> it, it was pretty nice. And it's going to take a while. Oh, and that's the first time. Trying to buy himself time. That's the first time we've seen a toilet in Star Wars. It is, isn't it? Yeah, we don't see them do typical normal things in Star Wars. And it wasn't that funky looking. No. So, but two, another thing that's so Dave Filoni, if you've seen Clone Wars or seen Rebels, 
is when that that creature jumps out like it, it what like you said it was so Star Wars looking but that was just so Dave Filoni like Dave Filoni loves his Star Wars creatures <laughs> like they're in everything but but so then they they move on and let's see in that episode he, he delivers the bounty and then we get the wonderful Carl Weathers we see that that's yes. who he deals with and how do you not appreciate Carl Weathers like he's just kind of a, a national treasure. <laughs> yeah, I just I love him as an actor. I love his voice. Yes. Yeah. And I love how he play he plays this part over the top, but in a way that works. It like does. It, it works with the show, and it, he adds comedic relief. Oh, definitely. Like his character, totally adds comedic relief, and uh, you know. So then he he tells them about because like you know he's he's not. Doesn't seem all business, but Mando's all business. So Mando just wants to move on to his next bounty. And, you know, that's where he tells them about the special job. This, you know, it seems kind of shady. And is there anything you were going to say before that? Uh, No. Well, um, just thinking back to that scene, I guess he, yeah, he almost like when you say shady, it's like he was, had kind of other ones on the table, you know, literally on the table for him to do. And, but then and it's they almost established like, those don't pay well. Right. And he's almost kind of putting, it seems to me like a dare out there, like a little making it enticing to Mando. Like, um, oh, but there is this one, you know, very, um, not top secret, but this one very... It's expensive. It's dangerous. Like, it, you know, he doesn't tell him who it's with. Right. And Grief Cargod is, of course, uh, Carl Weathers' name. But, yeah, so he tells him about that. And that's where, you know, we see him walking through, you know, this, this planet that they're on. And, you know, he eventually makes it to where the ex-imperial is and all these stormtroopers are and that that's you know that scene that whole scene is just great um uh, werner herzog i think is how you pronounce his name is a you know famous director and he plays that part very well yes like very very creepy creepy. he is creepy he's a straight creeper like ex-imperial and you know begins to tell him about this bounty and then even then you see like it's kind of creepy and a little iffy because you know he can't give the Mandalorian pretty much anything except the fob. That's all he will give him. And tell me his age. He's 50 years old. Like almost no details. Yes. Like it's very sketchy, just the whole thing. But of course we know he accepts. And I, oh, and and another thing that just kind of shows his character is when the gun, when they all turn guns on each other and they tell him he's outnumbered. He's like, I like those odds. He's got like six people against him. But so, you know, he takes the bounty and he's off and, Eventually, that's where we meet, you know, a now new famous character, Quill. And, you know, he, they have their whole scene and anything with Quill. Of course, we all know well, I have spoken. I have, I have spoken. And <laughs> Which our mother likes to use now, too. <laughs> I have spoken. I think any parent needs to adopt that one. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we definitely, and I think a lot of people did, you know, you definitely grow to love Quill. Yes. He's a... Uh, He's kind of no nonsense in his own way, but he's very like helpful. He's, he's kind of mechanical, like the he way is, he talks, but like a man of integrity and. And actually, when I say mechanical, he is very good with mechanics. Like he's, he is. He, you know, so that kind of goes with him, I guess. 
Um, and I was going to say, I'm trying to think, I know so, at some point in this episode, um, I was telling Michelle, it kind of touched me when we first see, you know, Mando. Oh, we forgot that when he right. goes back to the, his, to the Mandalorian place. Kind of headquarters, yes. I guess you would call it. And the woman there that does the... The armor. Yeah. I don't know if you call her blacksmith or because she works with the fire I th- to create. I think they just call her the armor. Right. And he, instead of keeping all of his earnings or his bounty for himself, he give some, you know, he reminds her to give some to what they call the foundlings, you know, which would be like orphans. And we learn at that point, he says, you know, I was once a foundling. And so... And she says, I know. Right, she kind of coldly says, coldly says, I know. But, um... And they, they do the flashbacks when he gets the best... Oh, yeah, because yes. he gets the Beskar from the Ex-Imperial, which is, you know, a very precious metal that the Mandalorians made their armor with. And we see just how valuable eventually it is. Like, it can take laser shots. I mean, it, you know, can withstand, I think, even a lightsaber to a degree. And him, but I think we also learned the Mandalorians are giving people to a certain extent caring because she yeah. says, I think she replies, you know, as it ought to be, this is the way. Yes. You know, and so that, that touched me, that's sweet, that they do care, kind of like that's their thing too, to give to children that don't have parents. Well, and to adopt them, to take them in right. and make them one of them, the foundlings. And that is, I'm glad you brought that up because it's kind of, it's critical of kind of establishing Establishing that flashback's critical because it shows why as soon as he meets this bounty he's going to get why immediately it's going to soften it's going to soften him and tug at his heartstrings right so that is important so eventually Quill and him you know make it to the enchantment that the bounty is at and it's at this point where IG-11 comes out which is voiced by another director and actor Taika Waititi and that whole thing where he shoots, like, that was just great. Everything about his character's great. And, of course, Mando's like, oh, great, a droid. And, okay, and I think you said this to me yesterday, but when I was watching the episode, it is when IG, IG-11 and Mando, like, are shooting, they team up, and they're shooting against all the people at the enchantment. And IG-11 start keeps saying self-destruct, self-destruct mode. Yeah, he keeps wanting to just throw in the towel, like, okay, I don't have this. There's not a chance I'm going to make it out. Uh, I have to self-destruct. That's in my manual. And when Mando finally just, do not self-destruct. And he's like, he's like, don't do that. <laughs> it just finally, I hadn't caught the humor the first time I had watched it that there is in that scene. Oh, like that, that scene, like they're back and forth during that of the self-destruct. When I watched it the very first time, that is when it was like, I love the show. And like, us, us knowing at that point, he doesn't particularly care for droids, but he's trying to work with this one, you know, and he needs his help. And Taika Waititi does a great job of voicing him. Like, he's like, you know, when he gives him a deal, he's like, I can accept that. You know, just the way he says things is very comedic. Right. And one thing I didn't want to miss... Uh, Kind of after he's spoken with Quill, and Quill has taught him how to ride that. I'm not sure if it has a certain name. It, uh, the blurb. The thing that first tried to attack him. The blurb. The blurb. Um, we kind of we learned that many have tried to go find this bounty. Yes. And, uh, yeah, and that's and ended that, up in dead place. And that's interesting. They kind of established the myth of the Mandalorians because Quill said he asks him, "Why did you help me?" And he says, "Because I've never met a Mandalorian." You know, he, he says, "I've only heard of the tales." Um, and but, he's clearly intrigued and has some respect yes. for that group of people. Because, the, yes, they, I mean, they were known as great warriors, as Quill has brought up at, at different points. But, yeah, no, but I, I think you 
you said too when I was talking because I told you I think you just brought it up about IG that scene and I told you that when I first watched it that was the moment that I was like I love the show like that their humor the humor between IG-11 and the Mandalorian is just that is Star Wars humor at its core like that is classic Star Wars banter fast talking like that that's it in a tough spot in a tough spot yes very stressed out like that's it like and I, I absolutely loved it and I have to say, like, it put a massive smile on my face, the first episode, where he finally jumps on that, like, machine gun type thing and just starts taking them all out. Like, that was just like, yes, like, love yes. it. And anything you're going to say before that, before we get into what they get to? No, I was just getting ready to get into that. Okay, so they, they get through the door. The they best, use the best part. Yes, yes, we saved the best for last. They, you know, get that, they use that, that awesome, almost machine gun type gun to get in and they see what their fob is is taking them to and it's this little like bassinet yeah they're like and even this little thing even as i was watching i was like at this point like like an inch apart from the screen like what is it because i was watching on my ipad because they didn't have the app yet ready that first day on my amazon fire stick that have ready till like that night so i was watching on my ipad i was like just like getting so close to it like what is it and all of a sudden, it opens, and you just hear them say, I thought he was 50. And then IG, you know, IG-11 says, well, different species age differently. Right. And at that point, we see the reveal. Ah. You first see his little ears <laughs> from the back. They love shots of Baby Yoda from behind, like where you just see his ears but, and then out. And that then little, that little hand. Oh, that little face. You see the hand just take oh. the, the, the blanket over him and pull it down. And those big brown eyes. I'm, I'm just going to warn you, you're going to hear me freak out in adoration a few times throughout this discussion. <laughs> I mean, and then you just, the reveal. And I remember like, what? What is that? And I literally hit the backup, like the rewind 15 seconds thing because I had to see it again. Like, oh my gosh. I was like... It's a it's a baby Yoda species. What is this? You know, there are things sometimes that, and I don't know about you all, but that they just strike you so dang cute. Like, oh gosh! You know, for me as a crazy cat lady, whether it be kittens playing or you know, but like it just like it does something good to my insides. Like it's just like, uh, oh oh, like it just gives me the feels oh, of just. Uh, Adoration, Like, oh, my goodness, this is so cute. Like, at this point, when I see Baby Yoda, I'm pr- and my family can attest to this because they know I'm obsessed. Like, I can, like, I'm pretty sure endorphins are released in That's my brain. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think, like, good things are happening in the body because you're in such, like, adoration of this little creature. Like, that is the cutest creature of all time. Like, they it, have created. It really probably is. They literally have created the cutest creature. So, of course, you know, we'll talk about more. There's tons of Baby Yoda in the next one. So, you know, at that point, it just shows the Mandalorian's helmet and... You know, IG-11 basically indicates, like, you know, our orders were to kill him, and who knows, you know, how long he could have lived or something like that. And you see the gun go off, and, and you're, you're like, kind of on the edge of your seat. And then you see the, the droid fall. Right. And it was like, oh. And then I love the end, because oh, anyone yes. anyone who's had a baby or had, you know, in my cases, nieces or nephews, there's nothing more sweet or bonding than like when they when you put your finger out their to little, baby their and and they 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 put your your finger in their whole hands and we see that's how the episode ends with Mando reaching his or putting his finger out and little baby Yoda reaching Sticking up to grab his little, it. Oh, all the feels, <laughs> yeah, t- lots of feels in the Mandalorian. 
So that was the episode one. And I have to say, I was immediately, I, I watched it t- two times that first day and absolutely loved it. You know, even my little issue I had in the beginning, the first time around, I was just like, whatever, this show's awesome. I can't wait to see the next episode. And I have to say, I don't know, were you shocked? I was just, I was so shocked with ba- with the baby, well, we'll call it, we're all calling him Baby Yoda. We know he's not Baby Yoda. But I was so shocked with that reveal. Well, I think you had told me, so that's okay. why I, I knew what I was waiting on. And I, like, I would have to say that in Star Wars, and of course, I wasn't actually even alive for the famous in, you know, Empire Strikes Back, Luke, I am your father. And I would definitely, like, I totally believe that this is the greatest kept secret and greatest Star Wars reveal since that moment. Right. Like, no one saw this one coming. No. Like, I heard some people guess. Now, I heard one guy say... He's like, he's going to protect a child and it will be force sensitive. That was his guess. So he got that right. So that was good. But, but no one, I don't, I don't think anyone saw this coming. Baby Yoda. I mean, they, they, I don't know how they kept this a secret, but they, this was under lock and key. They kept this right. thing secret and to the point that I'm still waiting on all my Baby Yoda toys, by the way. My, my plushie. She, she has them ordered. My plushie or plush. And my Funko Pop are, yes, they've been ordered a long time. I'm just waiting to receive them. But, you know, they're back-ordered because Disney wouldn't give out, you know, they so wanted this kept a secret. And what an amazing payoff. Because uh, That was incredible. a secret well-kept. It was. a great reveal. And would it be, uh, do you think it would be reaching to say it's like uh, when he, at that end scene, when he does that, and you see just their kind of silhouettes of him putting his finger out to Baby Yoda and Baby Yoda putting his hand out to him. It's like you're already through his mask. It's like somehow you can already tell there's a little fascination there with oh, Baby Yoda. The second he the, the the crib opens and he sees him, his heart. And that's why it's like he shoots the, the droid. It's like, nope, you're not killing this thing. Yeah. Like, no, no way. This is not my typical bounty. <laughs> yeah, this is not this is not the 50-year-old I signed up for. Right. Uh, this isn't it. So, yeah, no, totally awesome. So are you ready to move into Chapter 2? We'll let's, keep, let's we'll keep this it. moving. Okay, and I'm going to make Natalie say Rick's last name, the director. Chapter 2 is called The Child. And we call him Baby Yoda, but they keep calling him a child. And as we watch him, he really is more, even though he's he's tiny like a baby, but he's actually more of a child. Kind of toddler-like. But he's a lot smarter than a toddler. Yeah, in some ways, yeah. Well, I mean, he can't speak, but I mean, he knows when he's in danger. He knows to run. He's a sensitive little guy. He's kind of ninja-like. He's kind of stealth. (laughs) Right. But... But anyways, chapter two is called The Child, and it was direct. I'm going to make Natalie botch the name. She's going to make me butcher this. Uh, it was directed by Rick Fumio. We don't know how to say it. Fumiua. I'm trying to say it, but we can't say it. Apologies. But anyways, uh, yes, and back to the first episode, I thought Dave Filoni did, that was a great job, especially for his, his first time directing live action. So, and he, he, he does another one. We'll talk about his next episode and the next episode we have. Which I even say that. This is episode eight, by the way. So, you know, glad you joined us for episode eight of Force Light Entertainment. Yes, happy to have you. Yes, so as we move on to chapter two, The Child. And, uh, you know, the first time I watched this, and I remember, okay, we didn't mention two. 
I was a little thrown off at the end of the first one of how short the episode was. I wasn't expecting that. And that, I think, was everyone's greatest complaint. I think people had in their minds with the budget, this is going to be like Game of Thrones-like in the sense of how long it would be. And for it to be like 30 minutes, it just kind of threw everyone off. And then when you have to wait a week, and like I was telling Michelle, you know, we expect that with sitcoms, but not so much uh, dramas or even a Star Wars show or more serious shows. But I was telling her a show that I had watched on Apple TV called Servant, which I recommend that show if you're into kind of weird shows, but um, it's like, you know, 24 to 30 minute episodes. So, and week by week. So I'm wondering if maybe that'll become a new thing. Maybe that's becoming more popular to do with more serious shows. And I think too, because the budgets are getting so expensive for these TV shows now. Right. But, you know, eventually. you're getting excellent quality. You are. And yeah, it really, that's what matters. And so it just, I think it threw us all off. I got used to it to where it didn't bother me. It just threw us off because we weren't expecting it. It's just that you're enjoying it so much and you're like, oh, I want more. And now I have to wait a week. But you know, that's, that's actually. But then you really look forward to it. That's actually a good complaint when the complaint is we want more. Right. So that's that's a good thing. They've done their job. They have. They've done their job. So we only had to wait two days for, or no, three days, I guess, until the next episode or two full days. Yeah. We had just had to wait Wednesday and Thursday at that point. And, you know, I woke up and this show became, because Natalie and I are off work on, we don't work on Fridays where we work for Praise, praise the Lord on that. Yes. And anyway, so I would be able to wake up on Fridays and get my cup of coffee and come watch The Mandalorian. Oh, Fridays were such a happy time during that time because I had my two Apple TV shows and then I had The Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. It was like my TV morning. It was. Yes. I, I loved it. Cup of coffee and The Mandalorian <laughs> is the way to start the day. And so I'd wake up early and I woke up and started watching this. And this episode, my, my initial thoughts of this episode were I really liked it. And well, first, my initial thoughts were, oh, my gosh, Baby Yoda is so adorable. And I was like, you've got to see Baby Yoda. <laughs> but you've got to see this little creature. And but then my other thoughts were, well, that episode was kind of filler. And I remember even my brother Michael texted me after he watched it. And he said the same thing. And at that point, you know, I text back and I said, no, you know, at first I thought this was filler. But the more I as I thought about it. I was like, no, that episode is actually very important because it's establishing. And now looking back, and I've watched it several times at this point, that episode two is so beyond not being filler. Like, I would say it's a very critical episode for the rest of the show. Right. Because it is so laying the groundwork of establishing the, the, you know, last week we talked about Frozen. And if you haven't checked that out, check that episode out. We talked about Frozen 2. We're fro- or frozen, you know, in both of them. The heartbeat of those movies is the sisterly bond. Yes. Well, in this TV show, the heartbeat of the show is the bond between... The growing bond. The growing bond between... And then at the end, the bond. Yeah. You know, just, it's oh, yeah. just there. Between the Mandalorian and the child, a.k.a. Baby Yoda. So this episode, to me, is critical for this show because it is literally all about establishing this bond that is forming between the main character, the Mandalorian, and the second main character, the child, Baby Yoda. So that, sorry, so that, that, that is what I think. Were, were your thoughts on that, anything? Well, I'd watched this 
I'd watch the episode, rewatch them, you know, since it had been a few months yesterday, and I noticed my first notes on episode two, The Child, Baby Yoda looking so cute in his floating stroller. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Doesn't everyone now, if you have kids, want a floating stroller? <laughs> that would be pretty awesome. But as he floats and he just turns his little head and he's just taking everything in, he's very observant. And I love, he, he does, he bounces his head side to side and his little ears. <laughs> Right. Those ears are so cute. So dang cute. <laughs> and so then, um, you know, we go into, as I put it, Mando kicking butt and taking names as baby Yoda looks on. <laughs> yes. And I, I want to, I'm glad you brought that up. The Transdotions, the, you know, lizard-like creatures, they attack him. And there's something in that that is, like, very critical to me of this episode that establishes is he sees... He, you know, uses that disintegration gun, which is a callback to uh, in Empire Strikes Back, where Darth Vader says to Bubba Fett, no disintegrations. <laughs> and so we see a disintegration gun. And, it, you know, as the, the he sees that the Trandoshan is going after Baby Yoda, so he shoots him. And it's after he's, you know, be- defeated all of them that he sees on the ground the fob and it's blinking. And it's like this show, and I'm going to mention this a lot through the next two, this episode and the next, this show somehow does an incredible job of relaying, it says so much without saying anything. Yes. Like the camera just zooms in on a, a masked man, and yet through his mask. Somehow he conveys emotion. He conveys, you convey, you convey, it conveys when he sees the blinking fob. Like you can tell, like something's beginning to go on in his brain. Like he's thinking, why do they want this? Why did the ex-Imperials, who he does not like the Imperials, why do these Imperials want this child dead so bad? Like they've sent more people after him? Because he originally thought he was the only one. So I, I just find that scene to be very critical because he sees that for some reason they really want this child dead. Uh, this is random, but quick shout out to Darth Vader in, oh my gosh, I won't blank the name of the third one. Uh, Return of the Jedi? Return of the Jedi. Uh, I didn't realize till I was an adult how amazing with a mask on his acting was just by turning his head and looking back and forth. So kind of a callback to that, I guess, but just like it is kind of, Quite a talent in itself when you have a total mask on covering your whole face and you're able to convey emotion. You you kind of feel what that person is feeling. I'd say it's it's a, you know that's awesome for both the actor and the camera person. Like yeah, they're both doing a great job on right. that. So then you know they move on and that's where we begin to see Mando's hurt and little baby. We finally see him move out of the the the, the floating uh, <laughs> stroller. And he reaches his hand out. And that's where all of all the Star Wars fans knew, like, is he trying to do Force Heal? Like, you can just kind of see, like, he's reaching for the wound, like he's trying to do something, and Mando stops him. And they go through this twice, and then Mando, Yoda, baby Yoda looks up, and, and it makes a noise, and, and the oh Mandalorian just shuts the, the, the hood on him, the little thing, it closes, and I it's sad. shut it off. But, you know, and I, I'll try to refrain from using baby voices, but... <laughs> Baby Yoda, he was just trying to help. He was just, and you're going to have to definitely refrain I know, I can't do that. from baby voices. But he, uh, he but, does that to me. But he was he was just trying to help. and But but that's a great setup for what we're eventually going to find out about the child. So they move on to a scene that any Star Wars fan would have thoroughly enjoyed, 
where he sees the Jawas are taking, are just totally taking all his parts from his ship, and he pulls out yeah. that disintegration gun and just starts disintegrating Jawas. Poof! Like, they just start blowing up wherever they are. And if you notice, Baby Yoda, like, leans up in his seat. Like, he is pumped to watch. <laughs> he, like, enjoys the excitement. And that whole chase, is there anything you want to say? That whole chase with the Jawas is just awesome. But it, it reminded me of uh, Indiana Jones and uh, Raider, or no, no, The Last Crusade, where Indiana Jones is on the tank and he literally, you know, swings and almost, you know, dies, you know, gets hit by a rock and yeah. a cliff. And, but it reminded me of that whole scene, but he tries so hard and just ends up on the ground. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed that action sequ- uh, sequence. And something I told Michelle a while back, and this just kind of popped into my mind, her saying Indiana Jones. But it was like the first, you know, few episodes and even the music at the beginning. I'm like, I think this is a Star Wars Western. Oh, totally. That's totally what they're going for. That's kind of the feels or the feel it gives me. The music, everything. This is a Western. Uh, Very much so. And, you know, at that point, he goes to a ship and he sees just how, how, you know, they've taken everything from him. At which point, yet again, we get another adorable Baby Yoda moment because Baby Yoda walks out and he just smiles and he kind of winks at him. There's like a little wink. And, you know, it kind of just shows how it to me, like, I just rewatched it yesterday. It's like just kind of the sweetness of kids, how like they, yeah. don't, they don't know when things are really bad and they just kind of look to their, you know, their parent or whoever. For reassurance, everything's okay. But in this case, it's like Baby Yoda's reassuring him. Like right. he gives him a little wink and a smile. And, you know, at that point he goes back to Quill. They walk the long way to Quill. And, you know, they go back, they find the Jawas. And that whole interaction's hysterical. It is. Like, like yeah, the, that made me laugh. Like the Jawas are like... You know, you speak, you speak like a like a Wookie, and you know what he's like. What does he say to him? He's like, uh, "Do you understand this?" And he like uses his fire. But anyways. and it was funny. I think when they were walking up, Quill says, "You know, he's like, uh, you may want to put the blaster down." He's like, "They don't like me for, very yeah. much for some reason." He's like, "Well, you did disintegrate." He said, "He said maybe because I disintegrated them." <laughs> a few other people. And I love the the Mando. He's like so aggravated with them. Like then they start walking towards Baby Yoda, and he goes, "Get away from him!" Like he's just so aggravated and already already so protective. Yes, and of course we all know he goes. They want this egg, and he goes and gets the he goes to get the egg, and this mud horn, this big Star Wars creature's there, and you know he fights. And basically, he's about to die. He he can't beat this creature. And we get the the next money shot in this this series, where we get the big reveal of all of a sudden the oh, mud horn. When that little hand reaches out, the mud horn is just floating in the air, and the dramatic music begins to play. And the Mandalorian just staring at this creature like, "What's going on?" Just kind of in wonder and, and shock all, and awe. And all of a sudden, he looks back to the little baby Yoda, who's got his hand extended. And is using the force and has this creature totally frozen. And, you know, eventually, you know, Baby Yoda's just has exerted all of his energy and just collapses, at which point Mando oh. kills the creature. And they take the egg and get all their stuff back, and Quill helps them put it together. But yeah, no, that whole force, like that whole scene is just precious. Yeah, it really is precious. And awesome. It truly is precious. <laughs> um I was looking here uh, at the time. Natalie, at the time, we may want to do chapter three 
Just on its own episode. I think we should. So we'll, we'll keep we talking. We don't want to take up too much of you guys' time. We'll keep talking a little bit about this episode. Because I was going to, I was telling Natalie when I, I just watched it again, and something that really stood out to me. Oh, I like when he returns too, and he says, he says, he says to Quill, "I'm surprised you waited," and Quill says, "I'm surprised you took so long." <laughs> Their little exchanges are good, and of course, as they're taking all of his stuff back to the ship, to his ship, so they can repair it, uh, Quill says, you know, to him, "I don't," you know, he asks if the child's injured, and he said, "No, I don't think so," and he says, "Explain to me again what happened." And Mando says, I'm not really sure. And it's just the way they play it. It's like Mando at this point, he's already wondering why they want this kid dead. And now he's seen him do something he's never seen before, like this power that he doesn't know of. So there's just a well, lot and, going and on in his mind. And saves his life. Yeah, totally saves his life. Yeah, definitely. And another thing I was going to point out, I mean, it's fairly obvious, but I think sometimes when we've seen the Force used among skilled adults they don't like it's like it doesn't just take so much energy out of them but i think maybe you know and i don't know for sure but because he's so young we see it takes a lot of energy yeah for him to use the force you know to the extent he did because we see he sleeps for hours afterwards and they even say you know is he okay yes yeah definitely and you see as the show progresses he he needs less and less rest right. it's almost like he's growing he's definitely growing in his abilities um but yeah no good point and, you know, something else, there's, and it, it struck me even the very first time I watched it, but especially now that I've seen it, yet again, talk about how the camera work and the actor do incredible, an incredible job of relaying so much with, with yet again, behind a mask. It's just, yes. it really is incredible. And he does that even in the scene with the force reveal, like when he turns, like you can right. just tell, like he's so like, what is going on? But at the end... When Quill, when he's saying goodbye to Quill, and of course, you know, he asks Quill if he wants to work with them, and he said, you know, says no. He's spent his My whole time life of service. Yes, and they have that. But you had, a, you kind of had a feeling you'd see this again. Right. In fact, I remember texting Michael even say back in the first episode, I was like, I bet the droid will be back because they had promoted yeah. it. So I was like, I doubt he just dies in first episode. So I thought the droid would be back, and I definitely thought Quill would be back. Because they had already set up the droid as a fun character. Very and, fun. <laughs> you know, Quill is just, like I said, he's just kind of a great little guy of integrity. Yes, he is. And, and wise words. Yeah, he does. Times. And I have spoken. But, you know, Quill says to him, you know, may the child, I hope the child's healthy or something like that. And he says, may he bring you a great reward. And as soon as he says that, again, one of those just awesome moments where you can tell through this mash, you can tell that those words landed almost like a knife to his heart. Right. Like, it's just like, ooh, like you could tell it pricks him. Like, the idea of giving this little child up for a reward. Like, you can tell he's deeply, deeply bothered. Right. But just again, I mean, I don't know if you have anything you want to say on that. I just... I can't get past how incredibly... No, definitely. And maybe even f- coming from his own background. Oh, totally. That's, yeah. that's the whole point of sure. them showing those flashbacks is showing, yes, like, I mean, his childhood totally... Kind of putting himself in Baby Yoda's shoes. He does. But there, there's just something they relay. You, if, if you watch it again, just notice that. It's subtle, but it's there. When he says that to him, it's just like, oh, like you feel like, like his heart's pricked, his conscience is pricked. But anyways, he, he you know he gets in the ship, 
and he begins to head off, and all of a sudden we see little baby Yoda <laughs> is up and awake. <laughs> but but that is the episode. Is there anything, any other thoughts you really have on it? Well, this is a random thing, but I love baby Yoda's little cloak. <laughs> oh, gosh. His little cloak is so cute. And the way it comes up around his neck, and when he gets out and walks, like it just, like I said, I'm going to have to stop myself from just being so, I'm I just love the little guy. <laughs> like he, I mean, who doesn't? Well, ask, you can ask, well, I'll ask Natalie, how, how many, it's not even like how many days, how many times a day do I send you on Instagram through direct message a baby Yoda meme? Like pretty much daily. <laughs> it's it's not more like daily. It's like how many in the course of the day <laughs> right? did I send you? <laughs> like I love Baby Yoda. Even my dad was like, are you going to ever stop tweeting about Baby Yoda? It's like, no. Probably like, not. Because I love Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda is awesome. Like, he's so cute. It's literally, like I said earlier, when I see Baby Yoda, I'm pretty sure endorphins are released in my brain. Like, it doesn't matter how many times I look at him. Like, endorphins are released because I feel, like, at times I feel so much adoration for this fake character that, like, it hurts on the inside. That's what it's I'm like, saying. It's like, you're just like, oh, gosh. Like, you just want to, you want to hold him. You want to squeeze him. You want to touch his little ears. <laughs> like, he's just so, he's so cute. I mean, whoever came up with, with Baby Yoda, like, you are a genius and you are my hero. We thank you. We do thank you. I mean, Baby Yoda's so cute. Even right now, even though he's a puppet, I need to know at, on, on the Lucasfilm studio, I need to know, did they leave the light on for the puppet at night? Like, I need him to be taken care of because I love Baby Yoda. You've got to take care of him. And I love that picture, as I was going to say. Um, I had sent it to Michael, but that picture of George Lucas. Holding the puppet. Holding it like a baby, and he's almost looking down like a proud new father. Well, he, he would be the proud grandfather. The proud grandfather. He is, yes. I love that picture, too. It is great. I love, oh, okay, not not to put you men down, but only like a 50-year-old man would take a picture out of focus and post right. it on Instagram. That is a classic, like, 50 and up year old man move there, okay? But yeah, that picture is funny. Uh, but as far as the Mandalorian, we were planning on doing episode one through three, but clearly we have a lot to say. Because when, like say when October comes around, uh, we will do these episode by episode. So, yes. you know, we're trying to squeeze more than one in and apparently we didn't do a good enough job, which I figured we would talk more in this first one anyways, because there's a lot that's set up in these first three episodes. Right. And episode is episode three is so good. I feel like... Uh, yes. I, I don't want to push this. It's not a bad thing for it to have its own episode. Because I will say that episode three, which is in, uh, chapter three, which is, in, is called The Sin... That I've I've watched the Mandalorian now like like several times through. That is by far even now my favorite episode. So we will save next episode on the Mandalorian. In fact, our next episode will be on because the Clone Wars, the final season of Dave Filoni's The Clone Wars, is dropping. The first episode drops Friday morning. So our sun, our you know our next Monday morning Sunday night podcast. We'll be covering that. I'm sure that will be kind of a shorter podcast because those episodes are only like 22 minutes long. So I doubt we talk forever on 22 minute long episode. But um, so that will be the next one. So it will be the next 
Wednesday night slash Thursday morning episode, we will cover The Mandalorian Chapter 3, The Sin, because I know I have a lot to say on that episode yeah. because I love abs- one, one. I will say this, one of my favorite episodes of television, not just Star Wars, of television. It's, it's I love one. that episode. So that's what we'll be talking about next. Um, I will say this. This is, this is my ADHD mind working at work at its best, but... <laughs> But I was thinking, I meant to say this at the beginning, again, if you enjoyed this episode, check out our other episodes. And like I said, last episode, we, we decided to, to talk about Frozen 2. And I want to say this, because I told you and Izzy this on the car. I thought about Frozen. This was a while back ago. And I said that Frozen, the characters in Frozen are like literally identical to the main trilogy characters. And I want to make this little comparison since we're talking Star Wars. Our last episode was Frozen. I forgot to say it last episode. Okay. If you watch Frozen, think of this. Elsa is Luke Skywalker. She right. has this power. She doesn't have a love interest and doesn't really need a love interest, honestly. And, you know, she's just content with her magic and doing her thing. And you've got Anna, who is the Leia, who is the sibling to the special, you know, character, who has a love interest who's not the typical love interest of royalty that royalty should date. Right, yeah. And, you know, in uh, Kristoff, and who has this, you know, has Reindeer. kind of a creature-like uh, uh, who friends best, with. best friend, right. you know, as was Finn and, of course, Chewie as Star Wars. So that is my thought. Those characters all, they're, you know, Frozen and Star Wars. What do you know? They go hand in hand. Who would have thought? <laughs> they are now Disney. <laughs> all Disney. Right. But that's my, my closing random thoughts. But this has been a, you know, another, I'm, I'm so glad you guys have tuned in for this episode of Force of Light Entertainment. And we appreciate you joining the conversation as always. We really mean that. And don't forget to look for new episodes every Monday and Thursday morning. And, and as we always say, you know, if you want to reach out to us and like some of you have, and that means a lot to us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. My, my accounts on each one is Michelle34Smith, Natalie. And I'm Natalie R. Grace on Twitter and NatLovesBella07 on Instagram. Ooh. And you can also email us at forceoflightmedia at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Oh, and we also have a Twitter account and Instagram account, Force of Light Entertainment. And also, what's the, the Facebook page you have? Uh, just Force of Light Entertainment. Yes. So we're now, we have a Facebook page also. So again, we appreciate you all and join the conversation. And next time in our next episode, we'll be talking some Clone Wars. So until next time, see you later. And may the Force be with you. Yes, may the Force be with you.